give his testimony, and he is definitely a mighty man in the Lord. We appreciate him. We appreciate the praise team. I don't want to take a lot of time tonight, but I do want to carry on with this theme that John brought up tonight, talking about mighty men. Now, I want to be the first to tell you that I want to, um, in a good way, in an appropriate way, I want to bring out some strong spiritual aggression from you tonight. Is that okay to say? How many of you are men in the house? How many of you like watching UFC? There you go. Yeah, I mean, there's something about that kind of stuff that resonates with us as men. That's why we have sports. That's why we have different levels because we appreciate competition. We appreciate aggression. And of course, there is a wrong aggression, but there is a proper aggression. Come on, somebody. Somebody breaks into your house, somebody breaks into my house, they're going to see a strong, proper aggression. Somebody say amen in the house. Same with you. And I want to bring out something about us as mighty men of the Lord. I want you to be mighty in God, and I want to make another statement here. And I'm just, I, we're just men tonight, okay? And I feel like I can just drop some truth bombs and nobody's going to walk up out of here offended. Is that okay to say? All right. I don't want you to waste your life. I don't want you to waste your life. I want you to be the man of God that he has called you to be. I want you to be aggressive in the spirit. As John talked about in the last song that we sang, talking about the lion, let a lion come up inside of you. Let the lion of the tribe of Judah well up inside of you. I want to challenge your thinking tonight. And I also want to say I would not at all be surprised if the Holy Spirit doesn't just break out in the place tonight. How many of you are okay with that? Is that all right? Well, if you're okay with that, I want you to be expecting that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25, a very familiar passage of scripture. I've got lots of scripture I want to be just truth bombing you with tonight. Matthew 16, verse 25, he said, Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Bottom line, what Jesus meant by that statement was simply this, is that it's better to lose your life than to waste it. Did you hear that? It's better to lose your life than to waste your life. He is speaking to the notion of sacrifice. Sacrificing what you want and taking up the mandate of something bigger and greater and grander and more glorious than you. Picking up the mandate of Jesus. It means making much of Jesus Christ and very little of me. John the Baptist probably had this notion in mind when he said, talking about Jesus, in John chapter 3 and verse 30, where he said that he must increase and I must decrease. You see, if you want to be a mighty man in God, it means that you glorify Jesus much in your life and you don't make much of yourself. Come on, where are you tonight? But the more that you make much of Jesus Christ, the more that you get of the Lord himself in return. 
It is a life lived for God's means. It means this, that if you're going to be a mighty man of God, it means, let me just lay it out for you, it means that your life is going to be hard. It means that you will face risks and they will be high. And it also means that your joy in the Lord will be full. How can it be that we as men of God will face a hard life, will face risks that seem way too hard, but at the same time they will be joyful? How can that be? It also means that serving the Lord means that we cannot avoid a wounded life. If you think of the great men that John brought out in his testimony that he mentioned in Scripture, you will see that virtually all of them went through great times of sacrifice and pain and woundedness and betrayal and hardship and sacrifice. And it was in those moments that God used their life that brought something out of them that glorified him in the end. Because valuing life and ease above a risky, passionate relationship with Jesus is a tragedy. I knew this was going to be a truth bomb tonight. Some of you are looking at me like, man. Paul could say in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 19 through 20, he said this, we know this verse, many of us. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. You see, the kind of life that Jesus wants you to live is a life that has been crucified and that has been totally given over to him to where you can identify with him so that he lives in you and through you. Tonight, I want to stir you up in what God expects from his men. I believe that God in the life of every single one of you, there is a passion, there is a thing, a single drive that God wants to instill of you and let it be from the Lord. Too many men today have a drive and a passion for stuff that really don't amount to a hill of beans. They get passionate, they get consumed, they get eat up with stuff that someday when they stand before the Lord and he's going to say, what have you done with your life? And they begin to tell him, in the moment of them telling God, something's going to click in their mind, they're going to be like, huh. Y'all know what I'm talking about, is this okay? But there should be a single passion that drives us that let it come from the Lord. I'll tell you what one of my passions is, is to preach and teach. If I cannot preach and teach, I will blow up. You say, what are you? I'm a mouthpiece. That's what I am. I'm a mouthpiece. What are you in the Lord? If you are not that thing, if you are not living in that anointing and that body of Christ and that element and that area that God has called you to be, what are you? How many men will be on their deathbed one day and they will look back and say, I wish I could have changed that. I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have had more time with the family, different priorities. 
They feel that way on their deathbed because due to regrets, feeling like they have wasted an entire lifetime, regrets for valuing things that are really of no value above and beyond what matters most. Maybe you're not sure that you want your life to make a difference. You know, there's really people that way. There really are men that don't care if their life makes a difference. Maybe you don't care if your life makes that big of a difference and has an impact on anybody else. Maybe all you want is for people to like you and be around you. Maybe all you want is a good job, a good wife, good kids, nice cars, long weekends away from it all so that you can get rid of the stress. Maybe you just want a few good friends. Maybe you want a fun and secure retirement. Maybe you're hoping that your death, whenever it comes, it'll be quick and it'll be painless. Oh, and we want to skip hell, by the way, too. To that, I would say, is a tragedy. You say, Josh, are you saying that all of those things in and of themselves are wrong? No. But let those things come as a result of God's blessing in your life and not be the focus of your life. Tonight, let something resonate in your heart and in your soul that is dropped and deposited into your spirit from God above that says this is why you are here and what you are called to do. Let that thing be the all-consuming passion and drive of your life. Let that consume you and let that eat you up. Why? Because God is looking to you. God is looking to me. He is looking to deploy men into their families and into their workplaces and into the schools and into the factories and into the job places around, into the government, so that we will be deployed to bring about his glory. Somebody better say amen in the house. Jesus is looking for us to see our lives with a single focus and let the cross be that focus. Let me just stop and tell you, you don't have to know a lot of things for your life to make a lasting difference for Jesus. I don't know a lot of stuff. But you do have to know a few great things. Maybe all you need to know is just one great thing. And then be willing to live for it and die for it. So I ask you tonight, men, what will you die for? What would you die for? Take about five seconds. What would you die for? Now, what will you live for? What would you live for? If you'll be willing to die for it, then hope to God you'll be willing to live for it. You'll be willing to serve for it. Come on. People who make a great difference in their lives are not people who have mastered a whole bunch of things, but they have been mastered by one great thing. And it is something that burns. It is a passion. It is something that eats them up and they have to do it or they're going to blow up. How many of you want your life to count for more than the typical American dream? Come on. 
You want your life to count for something so that when you stand before Jesus one day and he looks at you, he no longer just says, well, come on in, good enough. How many of you want Jesus to say, well done? Well done. Come on. How many of you want Jesus? There, there, there's certain passages and contexts in certain scriptures where we kind of get this idea that Jesus at times almost stands up off his throne. How many of you would want Jesus when you stand before him one day to stand up off his throne and say, well done? How many of you want that? That passion, that thing that eats you up for the glory of Jesus Christ. How many of you want to have a ripple effect in your life that reaches all across eternity. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to be the smartest. You ain't got to be the best looking. You don't have to come from money. You don't have to come from knowing the right people. All you have to have and all you have to know is that one thing, the cross of Jesus Christ, and let your life in some form or fashion be connected to that and minister out of that with a passion. How many of you want that? Instead, you have to know a few great, unchanging, powerful, yet simple things. One all-encompassing thing that sets you on fire. Listen, I read a recent article by Greg Laurie. He's a pastor out in, in California. And in this article, he, he quoted a, uh, a survey that was done of Americans and the question was asked, a random survey, a survey of Americans, the question was asked, what is the purpose of life? It's a very basic question. We've all had those kinds of questions. What is the purpose of life? 61% of all the respondents said that the main purpose of life, I'm quoting, the main purpose of life is enjoyment and personal fulfillment. Now, we in the church, we sit back and we say, oh, that's a tragedy. We know better than that, okay? The same question was asked of Christians. What is the purpose of life? Right at 50% of Christians said the exact same thing. That's a tragedy, men. Come on. That's a tragedy. Are those people correct? Are we really here just to enjoy life on our own terms? I want to tell you, we are not here just to enjoy life on our own terms. Our life is meant to bring pleasure and glory to God. Somebody say amen. Listen, even Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 6, and in this passage I'm quoting to you, it's in relation to certain widows that were in the church. And this is what Paul says about widows, widows now that just live life for the sake of personal enjoyment. This is what Paul says about him. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. If your life is all about the American dream and just skimming by and skating by until the moment you die, you are missing the point. We are called to be mighty men that engage on the behalf of of the kingdom of God. We are kingdom men. Somebody better say amen in the house. You are mighty men that make a difference in the kingdom. And anything and anybody and any spirit and any thought that tells you otherwise is a lie from hell. And in this day and time, God is looking to bring up some mighty men 
that know who they are, that know what they're called to do, that when they step into an arena, it makes a difference, not because of anything that they are, but because they have been crucified with Christ. And Jesus is living through them, and they are making an impact. That's to be you. That's to be you. That's to be me. God is looking for difference makers. Difference makers. People of power. People of anointing. People of influence. But Josh, I haven't been to college. I haven't been to seminary. I wasn't raised in this stuff. Listen, I've already told you, you don't have to know it all. Just know one thing. Know Jesus. Know him intimately. Know him powerfully. And you step out and you will reap a harvest for the kingdom of God. Let that one thing and only one be the lasting measure of your life. Let that one thing, that call, that anointing be the lasting measure of your life. Listen, one day we will all be judged. We will all be judged. We will stand before Jesus one day. We'll either be at the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20. Let me just stop and say, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be at that one. Somebody better say amen. But we will also stand before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. And those that are redeemed, those that are saved, we will stand before him and we will give an account of our lives. Now, not an account in the sense of you're going to go to hell. That's not what the judgment seat of Christ is about. But the, the type of rewards for your faithfulness. Can I just stop and say heaven ain't going to be equal for everybody. It ain't going to be equal for everybody. There's going to be rewards and there will be awards that God will reward to those based on our faithfulness. I'm not talking about whether you make it into heaven. I'm talking about how you're going, how you're going to enjoy heaven. We want to be able to show up and we want to be able to give an account of our lives that is pleasing to the Lord. Our focus on this earth is to be Jesus. And if he is the focus of your life, he will lead you to a bloody place in your life. You always say, what do you mean lead you to a bloody place? What I mean by that is to say, because you will be asked to crucify things in your life. It'll be bloody. It'll be hard. It'll be difficult. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the Apostle Paul. He said, all I want to do is just know Jesus Christ and him crucified. Listen, your life can bring glory to God in his service by your love for him with an all-encompassing passion. And when that passion is expressed, I don't care if you work at a and the food service, whether you work at a factory, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, it doesn't matter your career, it doesn't matter how you make the money. Your life, this passion will be lived out and it will be exuded and you will be a mighty man of God and you will do exploits. 
exploits for the kingdom of God. Exploits. Now, how will these exploits be done? Well, they will be done in love. They will be done with joy. They will be done with peace, patience, kindness. Do you all know where I'm going with this? Galatians chapter 5. There will be generosity. There will be faithfulness. There will be gentleness. There will be self-control. And the Spirit of God will begin to exude in you through, the, through the, the fruit. But above and beyond that, God will utilize not just the fruit, but He will also begin to utilize the gifts of the Spirit. Men, let me just say, how many of you want the gifts of the Spirit to operate in your life? Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up, please. Look around you. Listen, if you, keep your hand up. If you are saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, you have at least one gift. Take it to the bank. You got at least one. You say, well, I don't know what it is. Well, tonight we can figure it out. God can show up and tell you. You could exercise that gift tonight. You can walk up out of here and exercise it in your family. You can exercise it in your own life. You can exercise it in, in, in whenever you're operating at work. That's how we do exploits. Come on, somebody. God wants to see the fruit, and he wants to see the gifts in operation. I want to just read a few things to you, and then we're going to close. I'm going to ask the praise team if they would come. And maybe just, Pastor John, if you would, maybe just play instrumentally that, that last song that you sang. It's powerful. Listen to this. Mighty men of God. John, John talked about several of them. But according to church tradition, the apostles and a few other of the apostles listened to how these men passed away. Listen to some of the things that they endured. Matthew, who wrote the book of Matthew, he died in Ethiopia as a result of a sword wound. He was spreading the gospel. Went into Ethiopia, the area that we now consider Ethiopia, and he died as a result of a sword wound. Mark, he died in Egypt after being dragged to death behind a bunch of horses. Dr. Luke, he was hanged in Greece for the gospel's sake. The apostle John, he was boiled in oil to the point that one of the written accounts of one of the Roman soldiers that was there, he was boiled in oil and said that he looked like a porpoise that was flailing in the, in the ocean because all of the hair, every hair on his body had come off as a result of being burned off and his skin was seared and it was shiny. We know that he survived that and he went on to be exiled to the island of Patmos only to then later on come off of the island, write the book of Revelation, write the other books, and even served as a pastor in Ephesus. Peter. Church tradition says that he was crucified upside down on an X cross. Right beside his wife. James, he was thrown from the top of the Temple Mount, about 100 feet high, and he hit the ground and he didn't die. 
And while he was laying there, tradition says while he was laying there, he was preaching the gospel. And they came and they beat him to death. James, the son of Zebedee, he was beheaded in Jerusalem. Oh, and get this, before he was beheaded, he was preaching the gospel to the guard that was taking him. And on the way to be beheaded, the guard converted and knelt down right beside James and was also beheaded. Exploits. Even in his death, there were exploits. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, he was beaten to death in the area that we now call Armenia by a whip. He, he, he was whipped so much that they literally just, just filleted his body open. Killed him. Andrew was beaten by seven soldiers in Petras, Greece. And then he was crucified. It took him two days to die while he was on the cross. And reports say that he was preaching to every single person that went by. Exploits. Thomas, this blows me away, doubting Thomas. That man went all the way to modern India. This is 2,000 years ago. Preaching the gospel all along the way. Made it into India only to be speared to death. Jude was killed with arrows because he refused to renounce Jesus Christ. Matthias, Matthias was the one that was counted in later after Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus and they brought him on to be counted with the original 11. He was stoned and beheaded. Paul, mighty Paul, mighty Paul, imprisoned in Rome only to be beheaded. Men, I'm gonna ask you to stand. What we need now, we need passionate, on fire, sold out men of faith that are consumed by the Holy Ghost on fire for the gospel's sake. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you do to make a living and pay the bills. That is not your identity. Somebody say amen. Your identity is that as sons of God. Your identity is that of a mighty man of God. That whenever you step into a room, devils run in fear because of Jesus in you. How many of you want that right now? Raise your hand. Come on, come on up front right now. Come on up front. It's seven o'clock, we got time. I just hope and trust and believe God's doing a work for the ladies, whatever they're doing. I don't even know what they're doing. Come on, stand up up here. Mighty men. Mighty, mighty men. Some of you are saying, Josh, I've got problems. I've got issues. I've got maybe sin issues in your life. Maybe you've got addictions. Maybe you've got health problems you feel like are holding you back. Listen. 
you get that focus, you let that thing begin to stir in you. See, that's what Paul, that's what he told Timothy. Timothy was young. Timothy was young, about 15 or 16, pastoring a church in persecution. This is Roman era, pastoring a church at 15 or 16. Paul couldn't be there. And Paul's like, okay, what you need to do, son, is he says, you need to stir up that gift that's in you. You say, what do you mean? I, I thought somebody else had to stir that up in me, Josh. I, 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 I thought, listen, if the gift is yours, it's yours. Yes? If the gift that's in you, if it's yours, it's yours. And sometimes we let that thing go dormant. Sometimes we, we're afraid to use it. We don't want it. Listen, Paul said, you stir it up. Sometimes nobody else is going to stir it up for you. So how many of you are saved? How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost? Yeah. If you're not, you can be filled. If you need a refilling, God can refill you. If you need that purpose, that all-consuming thing in your life, God can do that tonight. Listen, He wants to. The time is short. The time is short, church. He needs men. He needs men. He needs mighty men that will stand in the gap and exercise the gifts. How many of you want that? Right now, lift your hands all across this room. Very quickly, we're going we're to flow through this. Listen, in, in all sincerity, if there's things in your life that you need to confess and you need to repent of, do that right now. Do it right now. Because we, 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 don't, we don't want anything that would stop and hinder. God is holy. We don't want anything to stop that. Confess it. Confession is just simply saying, yes, God, you're right. I was wrong. I, I'm in agreement with you. That's all confession is. I admit to it. I own up to it. Now, repentance is just saying, okay, God, forgive me. Now I want to go the, uh, the other way. But you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help me. Holy Spirit will help you. Hand, hand, hands are raised. Hands are raised. I want you to keep your hands up. I want to ask you a question. How many of you, how many of you know what your gift is? Maybe you got more than one. Nod your head if you know what it is. Nod your head if you know what that spiritual gift is. Yeah. Well, what are the spiritual gifts? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of prophecy, word of gift of faith, healing, miracles, spirits. There's tongues, there's interpretation. How many of you know what it is? You know what it is, okay? Some of you don't. Tonight could be the night. If you want God to fill you with His Spirit, to enable you, to consume you in that passion, that one thing, that all-consuming thing, if you want that right now, wave your hand at me if you want that. I've asked for, for, for two or three guys to help me out here tonight, and we're going to get others. If you want that, rate, wave your hand if you want to be know what that is and flow in it. Pastor and different ones. Ben, Sam, if you can, different ones. Zach, if you don't care to help out. I want you to just begin to disperse. Men, this is what I want you to do. This is what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. We're men. We love a challenge. I'm challenging you. I want you to find the hand of somebody that you're next to. And I want you, if the Spirit of God leads, this don't have to be goofy, crazy. This is a God thing. I want you to begin to stir up your gift. 
so that you can minister to others. How many of you can do that? Join hands with somebody. Join hands with somebody. Begin to stir up that gift. Some of you say, well, Josh, I don't know what it is. That's fine. That's fine. Holy Ghost is going to, re he's going to reveal that to you. Start praying. Stir it up, men. Those that know what your gift is, the Lord has got an order to this service tonight. He's got an order in it. If your gift is the word of knowledge and you've got some insight, divine insight, begin to utilize that. Begin to speak to men. If it's a word of wisdom, wisdom being just that sanctified common sense that you're able to pour into somebody else, begin to use that. If you need to prophesy to somebody, strengthening and encouraging them, comforting them, do that. Faith, come on, Dave Morgan. Come on, pray it out. Come on, pray it out right there where you are. Come on, Brooks Duncan, mighty man. Mighty man, mighty Brooks. Mighty Zach. Mighty man of God. Mike McLean, mighty man of God. Don't believe any lie that the enemy tells you. You are mighty in God. Hallelujah. Mighty man. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? Come on. Jeff Sullivan, mighty man of God. Every song must and you Brother Bob, Bob Fisher, Bob Fisher, lay hands on Jeff if you would. Lay hands on him and pray for him. Come on, yeah, right over here. Right over here, these men right over here. Wesley Moore, mighty man of God. I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing high. You brothers, you brothers right here, come on up here in the middle of these. All three, four, five of you. Come right up here in the middle of these if you would. Come right around this way. Come right around this way. Come right up under here. Get right in the middle of them. These two lines. Get right up here in the middle between these two lines. I've got one response. I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide I will worship you So I throw up my hands Praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah.
come on my soul oh don't you get shy on me lift up your song because you've got a lion inside of those lungs get up and praise the lord come on my soul oh don't you get shy on me lift up your song you've got a lion inside of those lungs and get up and praise the lord come on my soul oh don't you get shy on me lift up your song because you've got a lion inside of those lungs get up and praise the lord come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up your song because you've got a lion inside If you're out there and you say, Josh, I don't, I don't know what my gift is. Or maybe you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Or maybe you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost. You just need a fresh touch. Raise your hand. One of those three. Okay, right here. Keep your hand up. One, two, three, four. Right here, right here. Right over here. Men, gather around them. Gather around them. Pick out a target. Pick out a target. Target in a good way. Brother Marvin, you're a mighty man of God, sir. Would you lay hands on Wesley right there? Would you pray the fire down on that young man right there? Come on, man. Come up here. Come here. Come here. Right here. Come up here. Come here. Come here. I want you to pray for Chuck. I want you to pray for Chuck. God's going to use you. He's going to touch you just by being a blessing to him tonight. Now, those of you that are being prayed for to try and find out what your gift is, God's going to begin to reveal that to you in the Spirit, and God will begin to confirm that gift in the time to come. And then you step out in obedience, and you begin to wield that, that Spirit. You begin to expand the kingdom of God. Mighty men. Come on, mighty man. Come here, Jeff Slusher. Come here, Jeff Slusher. <clears throat> mighty man. Pray. Just, just, pray. just pray. pray for the men. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Father. All these mighty men in the room, Father. We pray, Father, that you show them the way, Father, to lead their households, Father, lead their work, Father. Just be mighty men everywhere they go, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray right now, Father, that you just come down. 
Holy Spirit, fall in this place, Father. Show your ways, Father. Mighty men of God, Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Josh. This is another mighty man of God right here. He's going to pray for you. Dear God, I just pray over this group of men. God, we're all leaders and we're all called to be your servants, Lord. I just pray that we, you lead and guide us to be the men that we are called to be, Lord. God, lift us up in every way that you can, Lord. Strengthen us. Help us to be encouraged by your word and let it live within us and strengthen us on a daily basis. Lord, I pray for each and every one of these men individually, Lord, and myself included, Lord. Just lead us and guide us, Lord. We thank you for all you do and all you're going to do. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hold on. We're not done just yet. trying to follow the leading of the Lord. I'm waiting on him. Brother Bob Fisher, would you come up here? Flow in it. Flow in it. Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the presence, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the feelings that we feel right now, Lord Jesus. Father, these men are here right now, Lord Jesus. Father, let your Holy Spirit fall, Lord Jesus. Father, let, let that Spirit just flow from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for each and every man that's here, Lord. Father, Lord, we, we thank you for the family that they represent, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, we, we ask you, Father, that you just minister to them, Lord, that you'll give them power, Lord Jesus. Power, Lord Jesus. Power from the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not, they can't get that power from the world. They can't get that power from, from their neighbor or whatever it might be, but they can get that power from the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one. He is the lawmaker. He is the healer. He is the doctor. He is the one that suffices, Lord. He is the one that, that satisfies our hearts, Lord Jesus. He's the one, Lord Jesus, that gives us a peace within our hearts, Lord Jesus. He's the one that gives us a peace that we can understand, Lord Jesus. Woo! Yay! Yay, Lord! Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the goodness, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the, for the feelings that we have, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, just, just pour it out on every man here, Lord Jesus. Just pour it out, Lord Jesus. And Father, when that cup gets full, just let them lift it up and dump it over on somebody else and raise it up and get that cup full again. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, woo. Wow, give Josh a great big hand here, but we're not done. <clears throat> I was standing over there, and it was like the Lord just laid in my heart that there's somebody here that's got a sore, and I don't know if a doctor has said it over your life or whether you've read about, about it and you've got fearful or if it's in your family thought that, is there somebody here that's got the thought that they got gangrene or going to develop gangrene or have messed around with gangrene? Is there anybody? 
Come on, there's somebody here. Who is it? There's a sore or something developing and you're, you're concerned about it. Who, who is it? Ha-ha. Come here. Josh, come here. You too? Is it you too? Has gangrene hit in your mind? Well, you don't have gangrene. I can tell you that. The Lord's done laid that on my heart. And the knot's going to go away. The sore's going away. In the mighty name of Jesus, right. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, you have foreseen and called out, and that which you have called out, you will do. For the word of the Lord has spoken it and decreed it and declared it. Thou art healed in Jesus' name. Now receive that by faith. And Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, this sore that has given him problems, it won't, Father, dry up or won't heal, Lord. Whatever's causing that, we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That affliction has to go. Healing through Jesus Christ is a part of the atonement. And whosoever asks anything in your name, you will do it. And where two or three agree on anything on earth, or in, it shall be done in heaven. And I pray right now, God, that together as we agree, Chuck, be healed in Jesus' name. Well, hallelujah. Uh, we want to pray for uh, somebody just a minute. I want to recognize somebody. Brother Scott, where you at? Oh, there you are. It's so good to have him. He's a minister in the Assemblies of God, one of the mightiest men of God I've ever met in my life. One of the most humblest, loving, caring, anointed. We're so delighted to have you with us, brother. Come on up here with us. He's a part of us. He's a part of our family. Whether he wants to be or not, he's going to be. We, 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 <laughs> we love this man of God. Randy B.B. and um, uh, Larry B.B. have a sister that hospice has been called in. She's in her late 60s. Um, she's got a family, um, something going on with the liver. The first time that I've heard it, they've diagnosed her. I heard this morning with liver cancer, but it has always been non-cancerous up until this morning. We don't know why the diagnosis has changed. They're giving her just a few days or a few weeks to live. God can change that tonight. I said that God can change that tonight. Her name is Brenda, and I'm going to have Brother Scott pray over Brenda for a healing in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God, you told me in prayer, hallelujah, that we don't have to be beggars, that we can be commanders. Hallelujah. And through your name, God, we can command. Hallelujah. And Lord, through the authority of the name of Jesus, hallelujah, I summon, hallelujah, a miracle from the throne, God. Come down and touch her body. I curse the roots of that cancer's disease. Devil, you got to leave. Hallelujah. Spirit of affliction, I command you to leave now in the name of Jesus. You've got to go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are child of the King. We are men of God. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, for what you've done in the spirit realm. Have you sent your authority and sent your power down on the earth? Hallelujah. To go with your people that in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we have authority over disease, over afflictions, over, over depression. Hallelujah. And God, I take that authority tonight along with these men of God and through the name of mighty name of Jesus. And I command it to be done. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In the spirit to the physical tonight. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Man, we got such one of the greatest uh, group of men in the church I've ever seen in my life. And uh, y'all are a great family and there's great things happening. And we want to take what we have heard tonight and make it applicable to our lives and seek the Lord with all of our heart. I truly want to be a man that's crucified unto Christ. I truly want not Kent Miller's life to live, but I want him to live his life through me. That's my desire. Now, I come short of that just like y'all do. But I want to tell you, sir, I'm striving to hit the, high, the mark and the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's my desire. That's what I seek after. Uh, keep continuing to pray. The women, I don't know how long they're going to be over there. I'm not saying anything about that. Uh, you got to be very careful, but they got a little bit more passion sometimes than we do. And it may be an hour, and it may be 30 minutes, or they may be out by now. I don't know. But fellowship one with another. Love one another. And if you're waiting on your wife, tell each other. I want to introduce you to someone real fast. We got a little bit of time. Steve, come here. Steve lives in Piggott, Arkansas. He's, he's joining up with us. Steve is a mighty man of God. Thank you, man. I forgot about his leg there. <clears throat> me and him is really beginning to develop a relationship, and I trust this brother with all of my heart. He's an evangelist. He's not an evangelist that goes from church to church preaching the gospel. He's an evangelist that goes in the gutters, in the streets, in the highways, the byways, the homes. He, um, he's a street preacher, and he's a, a mighty man of the Lord, got a great vision. He, he's going to get involved here, and if you need, if he's starting some evangelism stuff with us. He wants to get up, work our body more work and engaged out in the area of Popper Bluff. Him and his wife are going to be coming and uh, praying early on Sunday nights. I'll just let him talk to you, give, give him a few minutes to tell you a little bit about himself, his ministry, and where he's headed in Jesus' name. Well, everything looks a lot different from up here. Um, I was called to be an evangelist, I guess that's about 19 or 20, which is, uh, and I had a lot of long talks with Jesus because I'm an introvert. I, I'd just soon be by myself as being in a crowd of people. But he, he, he made it so that I seen the lost the way he sees them. And he doesn't see them as dirty and dingy and, and scum. He, he sees them like a piece of gold ore. They're very valuable. They just need to be refined. They need Jesus. He, he put this love into my heart. And it's something that I, I've never been, I can't get rid of it. My son says, when are you going to quit going? You can't hardly walk. I said, well, I, I'm hoping I can dig myself out of the grave for one last time. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to give up. I don't know how to get it off my heart that these people are lost. We serve a mighty, mighty, mighty God. And how can we not?
tell others about him. The scripture that keeps me going, that is on my heart every day is John 9, 4, when Jesus says, we have to do the work of him who sent me while it is day because the night is coming when no one can work. And let me tell you, the sun's starting to set and they're out there right now waiting on us, waiting on me. And that's what drives me. I don't really care about anything else. You know, as long as I got some food to eat and a house to live in, a roof over my head, I, I don't care about anything else. And that for me has been my life. No matter where I've been, no matter what, I mean, I've been in some bad places, personally in bad places. And when somebody starts talking about God and talking down about him, the Holy Spirit just wouldn't let me, let me do that. I had, I had to come back. And we're here now, and this is, I'm so overwhelmed by this church, by this body of believers, by these men who are standing here tonight. And I can see the lost coming in here and feeling the love that we felt, the love that, I mean, you guys feel this love tonight? That's not us, that's Christ in us. So. You'll be seeing a lot of him. He'll be getting more and more involved and connected. And you need to go by and visit with him, get to know him. We've been out to lunch with him and we've shared and we've been on text messages, phone calls and different things of that nature. Some of you brethren go down there and help him down that step, please. But um, we love him and we we appreciate all of you. We want to recognize everybody's ministry. Everybody's got a unique ministry. Denny Smothers is one of the greatest teachers Where's Denny at? Denny, one of the greatest men of God in our church. We love that man. And Terry, he, man, Terry, you're just the backup, man. What a backup. Hallelujah. Wow, Terry, you do an awesome job. Awesome job. And uh, we just got so many good anointed men and men in the church. And um, uh, we got young preachers coming up. We got Craig Reynolds and different ones that's coming up, the younger generation. And man, the, the, what a mighty man of God he's developing out to be. Can I have an amen? And uh, I, I want to look at the, look at this. Look at the young guys. We got Josh. We got Tony up here. We, you know, we got some of the old mainstreams, uh, Brother BB and different ones that's been here for years. But Tony's learned how to play that guitar and he's using it for the Lord. Give them a hand, man. You're doing a great job. Great job. Wow. Eddie's just an old, old headbanger that turned into be a holy picker. Amen? Man, that man can play anything, and he tears it up. Give old Eddie a hand clap for his service to the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, man. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Hallelujah. I want you to be sure that you go fish for men, too, while you're in the process of becoming that mighty man of God. Do your fishing. Hallelujah. We love you. God bless you. Hug one another. Fellowship with one another until your wife comes out in Jesus' name.